Chicago, Michigan. On the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And tonight's date is Thursday, December 28th, 2023. Um, and we are going to do our pre cotton bowl show tonight uh, as we kind of look up as look at the matchup for tomorrow night's game between Ohio state and Missouri. So, you know, not the most uh, spectacular bowl game where any of us could be uh, hoping for. I still don't understand. I mean, I, I'm not really a big bowl guy game, man, it bowl guy anymore because of the playoffs. Uh, I've yeah. kind of been off that bandwagon for a long time. I remember when I was younger and uh, thoroughly enjoying, you know, all these games. Uh, maybe it's also because I'm a little older and, you know, I work a lot now. You work a lot now. You got kids and you seems like we don't get the maybe enjoy bowl week as much as maybe as we once. Did, no, but for I, sure. Cause I used to watch all these games, but now yeah, it's just like, like I might. All these meaningless bowl games. I mean, <clears throat> Rutgers is getting ready to beat Miami. I got that on front of me right now, but I have barely watched any of these this year. I've watched a little bit over the last couple of days as uh, some of these games, some of the, you know, they're the getting, are, yeah, getting better, a little bit better game, higher, we actually got higher profile. Yeah. So I believe what we got Oklahoma versus Arizona tonight and, and a uh, couple NC state, NC Kansas state. state. Yeah. So yeah, so we got a couple of better games as the games are starting to get a little bit better. So I'm paying a little bit more attention. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I feel like Ohio State should have been matched up against Oregon. I don't understand why that didn't happen. I thought Missouri Liberty would have been a, a fine bowl game. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, whether it was Missouri Liberty in the cotton bowl and us in Oregon in the Fiesta bowl or vice versa. I don't think it mattered. I, I just felt like that, you know, Georgia got matched up with Florida state, Penn state got matched up with old miss and they had a shot there to have, <sighs> you know, a really good brand name game, yeah. you know, a third, a third brand name game between Oregon and, uh, you know, Ohio state. I mean, obviously this game could very easily, you know, end up being a very good game. Like the, the Utah game ended up being a couple years ago. Who knows? Um, it's just, you know, I, hopefully we don't start as flat as we did in that game. Uh, you know, I, I am hoping that the, the players are maybe more intrigued about this game than maybe I think a lot of the fan base. Is, so. Yeah, I, I I would hope so. I mean, just the way that they went out, just pull it together, have one final, you know, one good last showing. Um, I I would hope that this doesn't look like the beginning of the Utah game. I mean, we definitely are not a mess defensively going into this game, so you would think it would be a little bit better. Um, but I mean, we'll we'll see. Like you said, not the most intriguing matchup. I can't imagine Ohio State ticket sales were anything special going in this game. But I could I could be wrong on that. I haven't looked at official numbers. Yeah, I thought that maybe 
I don't know. I I'm trying to like try to read in between the lines what Eric Emick said the other day because somebody asked him that, and he's like, I think he said like, well, we got twelve thousand tickets, and it, like he kind of like we got twelve thousand tickets. Like it made it kind of seem like maybe they sold all their tickets through all the tickets. So I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. But like he didn't say we we still have, uh, you know, because they returned a bunch of tickets for the Rose Bowl game a couple of years ago against Utah. And I haven't seen any of that. So I'm like, you know, you know, Dallas is a different city. It's obviously it's easier to get to than. Uh, it's quicker to get to than uh, um, Pasadena than Pasadena. Um, I mean, obviously flying to LA is just as easy as flying to Dallas for right. pretty much anywhere in the country. But, you know, I would say probably for, you know, for people coming out of the Midwest, it's a much quicker flight. Plus there's already already a big um, Ohio state alumni base in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So I'm hoping that, you know, that that helps out some. Th- so, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously see how that goes and stuff like that. Um, sure. Um, all right, so let's get started uh, looking into the game. So we'll start off on uh, kind of like just our our defense um, kind of going into this game. We don't got a lot still of ideas necessarily outside of what we already had of who's playing and who's not playing, but it feels like most of the guys are actually going to play in this game, and that could be a good indication that a lot of guys are possibly planning on coming back. Um, but, you know, we'll obviously see in the next couple of weeks uh, how that goes out. But, you know, it seems like that Mike Hall's been practicing from uh, some of the things that we've heard from, yeah. you know, p- the, the beat reporters down there. Um, you know, it's Eichenberg, obviously, it seems like he's not going to play, but that's more due to the injury than it is uh, that he's just skipping the game. He, you know, he's still banged up. Um sounds like Burke has been out there in practice. So it seems like he's playing, uh, which I think he already said he was, but um, if I remember correctly, he did say he was, but you know, that furthers to confirm that it just definitely seems like he's playing. So it seems like it's going to be basically, you know, you're for the most part at the starting defense and uh, you know, and that's a good thing because the defense was very much improved this year. I think Missouri's got a pretty good offense. Uh, I think they, you know, their receivers wise can do a couple things. I know their slot receiver is uh, pretty good. Um, Luther Burden. I, Burden. I, I know that uh, Missouri's coach, they had uh, the double press conference today. You know, he talked a lot about Jordan Hancock from what I saw. So obviously they took notice of that. They, they are really impressed with Hancock. So I think that's going to be a really good battle to watch um, between those two. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued. I think this is uh, going to be a pretty good running game. I mean, Missouri's running back is, you know, got average, you know, he got 1400 yards this year. You know, the SEC is obviously, uh, you know, might've been a little down this year, but they're pretty well known for, you know, defenses and stuff. So that's pretty good for, you know, that conference He's averaging six yards a carry. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's very good for, you know, the level of competition that normally they play. So I think that, I think there's a lot of things offensively that Missouri probably could do that might be able to, you know, challenge Ohio state's defense a little bit. Um, 
I'm not going to pretend like I've seen Missouri a whole bunch this year. I mean, we've had them on TVs, you know, as games were on. I mean, they played some, you know, decent games down the stretch. I mean, I know we had them on for the Georgia game and different stuff. Um, so I, I've seen them in passing, but I'm not going to say that I like sat there and, you know, thoroughly watched one of their games. A lot of times they were on same time Ohio state was on. So, you know, you would see them in passing on different things, but not necessarily studying them. Per yeah. Se. No, I, I feel the same way. Um, so let's just say Jordan Hancock's going to be a big deal. I mean, seeing how our defensive line does against their offensive line, Yes. You know, you can't, you got to win your individual matchups. This kid's a, this is a strong running back, man. You can't, you can't let them just grind out clock on you and get within the red zone. And then, you know, small receivers can take over the day, you know, and do quick shifty stuff. So I'm, I'm looking, I mean, it's an interesting matchup for sure. I think Ohio state's heads in the right place. I don't think they're coming into this. Like, Oh, we don't care. We didn't make the playoff, but at the same point, like Missouri is a good team. So they better be taking them seriously. And I think they are. Yeah. I mean, no one's like really opting out from the defense. Like we said that we know of sounds like Tommy may be limited, may not play. Of course, Lathan isn't making it back. We already knew that. Um, so it's probably just going to be the same crew we rolled up against Michigan with. So hopefully they stop the run a little bit better in the second half of this game. I don't imagine Mizzou's going to get this one too lopsided on us or make you go sideways quick or anything like that. Um, our defense is pretty stellar. I mean, they're pretty fundamental in control a lot of the time. So I don't see a lot of huge breakdowns or anything that get this game in a bad place early. Um, you just got to stop what they do well though. And I think we we're equipped to do that. I mean, we can stop the run. I know we've had our issues this year, yeah. but we have the guys that can, you know, handle their own, stop the run. And certainly I think our, I would think our um, cornerbacks and secondary altogether are capable of stopping, you know, their receivers. I mean, I know burden, you know, he's quick guy. I don't think he's overly like he's five eleven. you know, he's not overly big dude or anything like that. Um, or Mookie Cooper. That was a Buckeye. He's on Missouri. I don't, he's not been a huge contributor this year, but I'm sure we got a guy that can handle him. Like, I feel very comfortable with our secondary that they can do okay in this matchup, yeah. but I know Missouri does have some strength at receivers and this is going to be, you know, no knock or disrespect to big 10 or anyone we played this year. This is going to be the best group of receivers we've seen this oh, year. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. Burke and a few other guys have mentioned that. And I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think probably the one good thing is, you know, kind of just going back on, you know, that if the, the guys are hopefully going to be up to the challenge and it's not going to be as flat that it, probably the sec effect is going to be it not playing Utah. And that's nothing against Utah. They've been really good over the last several years uh, that it's just, you know, obviously when sec schools and big 10 schools match up against each other, you know, they are considered the two best conferences for a reason. Yeah. And there is a lot of pride usually on the line with these ones. Uh, even though the, usually the loser of the game always tries to downplay it and the game's over that the game doesn't matter, but you know, right. it very much matters for the fan bases and the players normally during the games. I mean, we've seen that a lot of, on new year's day and stuff during like the capital one bowl and the outback bowl. And, you know, as you know, teams have played each other very toughly. Um, 
So I, I expect that, uh, I do expect that, you know, that will kind of have an effect on this game that, you know, Ohio state will be ready for that. Um, you know, obviously echoing a lot, what you thought, you know, defensively is that I just think that, uh, you know, that they are going to get challenged in spots. Um, but I do think that they are very equipped for playing Missouri. I think that they, I do agree that this is the best uh, receiving core we've probably played all year. Um, but, you know, we definitely have the secondary that can match up with them. I don't, I don't think they played Alabama this year. I know they played Georgia. So, you know, this could be arguably the best secondary that they've played all year. I think that, you know, you know, us and Alabama are probably more comparable secondary wise. I think we probably have a better secondary than Georgia this year. Um, but their other loss, that, they lost to LSU. Okay. And I, I, I've seen L, LSU normally has a good secondary, but I, I probably, I think on paper that ours was probably, you know, no, it was good. That was a bad better. game. Missouri was kicking the crap out of them. And then they let LSU come back and beat them. LSU won yes. 49, 39. I remember that one. That was a game we I had. Do actually, I actually remember that one too. We did have that they one. Were, they were smoking LSU and then they just like gave up. Yeah. So I, I think Ohio State's uh, going to be fine on that aspect. Um, I would so, think. You know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So I mean, no, we'll no one's to- exposed our secondary all year, and I know we haven't played world beaters or anything like that as receivers, but no, I, I feel I comfortable. Yeah, I, I definitely feel comfortable there. You know, I, I actually, you know, I, I, I think probably the most interesting thing is going to be in the running game. I don't know how much. I do like I just looking at the stats of that running back, obviously, I think that's probably where Ohio State's biggest weakness is. And if mm-hmm. Tommy's not playing, that's probably even a bigger weakness. Um, so I would see that that would be interesting how that things because of Missouri, they they could get into this game and be like, okay, we can kind of if they feel like maybe they could push us around a little bit, you know, they might that might be the way they decide to attack it. And, yeah, you know, and that could be very interesting. All right. Offensively. Um, <laughs> I think this is where probably the, the biggest question marks in this game is uh, just because, you know, obviously with McCord, which I think everybody in the Buckeye fan base, uh, everybody has a hot take on Kyle McCord and I'm sure the hot takes are going to be very, very explosive on Twitter, both positively and negatively towards Kyle McCord, because, you know, there's going to be a lot of overreaction how Devin Brown is looking throughout yeah. the game. Every incomplete pass, every bad throw, every touchdown throw, every little thing that he does <laughs> is going to be like, I'm going to be, I mean, you're going to just see well, Kyle McCord did that better or Kyle yeah. McCord would have never made that throw. And like, so I'm, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it kind of makes maybe a game that I don't care as much about. Maybe going to be a little bit more entertaining than, you know, on the Twitter that, you know, <laughs> I, I probably won't be looking at my, uh, my Twitter much during the game. Cause you're right. I mean, every single play is going to be a referendum on McCord season, <laughs> bad or good. And against day, if you know, he throws a touchdown pass on his first drive, it doesn't even matter if, they just drove the field. He throws a five-yard touchdown pass. It's going to be like, that guy shouldn't have been playing the whole season. Or he throws an interception. Oh, we're screwed. The better quarterback left because they wouldn't <laughs> give him the starting job. So, yeah, I don't. It's it's going to be an interesting ride. I just, well, like you said, there's a lot more questions. I mean, 
without McCord and, you know, Marvin Harrison play like Alzheimer's State. How, yeah. I mean, how are they getting their points, man? Yeah. I mean, it seems like Trey's practicing, so it seems like Trey's mm. going to play. I'm assuming yeah. that with, you know, obviously with uh, Pryor and uh, Chip both gone and, like, is Mayan official? I mean, I know Mayan's leaving, but is he officially gone or is he playing in the game? Well, he he was out for the year. Oh, he was out for the year. That's right. So yeah, he's he's done. He's done. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's um, no. He declared for the draft, but he yeah he's he can't play. Yeah. He's not healthy. Okay, that, that is right. Um, so he's done. So you know, I'm expecting both. <clears throat> if Trey does play, you're gonna get a. It'll be God. It's kind of like the one thing everybody, a lot of us wanted to see the whole year. You know, what does this offense look like when Trey and Dallin are your kind of, uh, you know, your one, two punch at running back. And, you know, so, you know, that'll be interesting. I, you know, we'll see what Trey's decision for next year is. Um, but you know, it'll be kind of sad if they both look spectacular with each other. And that is literally the, that, that might actually be where, myself i might have more i'll be i'll be i will for sure be more pissed about that than the passing game because i said and you know i tend to be more positive on this (laughs) forum than maybe what i am and you know to you and in the real world um but i mean i said going into the year like Tony Alford, there's three guys on this roster that were Tony Alford scholarship guys. It was Trey, Dallin, and Evan Pryor. That should have been who they rode the season with. And it's nothing against Mayan, who who was technically a Tony Alford scholarship guy. He was a contingency plan, though. Let's just call it what it was. And, um, you know, nothing against Chip. Like, I, I understand the need and value for bigger running backs, but... Man, I, I just thought this offense could have went to different places with a more explosive backfield. Yeah, uh, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. I so think we'll my, see. I'll, my, but I, I will, I will be more upset about like, the run game. Uh, maybe my one pushback against that is I, I agree with you with Trey and um, Trey and uh, Dallin. I and maybe prior. Because he just adds a little different thing. I don't know I, how I, I don't know how healthy I, he ever was. Like I think I would have rode specifically more with Trey, Dallin, and Chip. Yeah, and my three guys, you know. But yeah, no, I get or at that point. Obviously, we both wanted Dallin to be on the field a lot more than he ended up. Or not taking a half a season to realize, you know, what makes your running game better. Yeah. So yeah, I think that will be like. If yeah. Trey plays in this game and uh, like they end up running for t- easily 200 plus yards and both him and Dallin look unbelievable. And then Trey announces he's going to the NFL after like, I think that is where I'm going to be like emotional. Yeah. <laughs> like literally we could have had this this whole season, but uh, we chose not to. And, and I, I'm actually, you know, with, with Devin Brown's play style, I mean, I'm interested to see if, that kind of opens up the run game a little bit more because defenses know that he likes to hold on to the ball, whether or not he actually does anything with it. They know he likes to. And I think that was kind of, and that was kind of my thing on with Devin before the season started. I've been like, like I was completely on board with McCord being, you know, a little farther ahead and stuff like that. And like, but it was always there. We, you know, we talked about it on the show. 
we talked about on the show that maybe we also didn't like that. You know, if they said that they were going to give both of them kind of playing time early in the season, it kind of was stupid that they didn't um, that because if, if, if Devin was just that extra spark in the running game and it made the running backs better and it made the running game more explosive than it pro you know, and if it comes out in this game and it's a bowl game, you got to take what it is right? Yeah, as it is. But like, again, it, it's just, there's going to be a lot of hot takes all over on that stuff too. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what the running backs look like because if, you know, if Trey and Dallin both look really, really good, then I'm going to be really, really upset that we didn't get more of that through the season. And I know mm-hmm. that, I know Trey was hurt in parts and that's fine. It happens, but I, I was really much against the whole, like we need to redshirt Dallin. And I, cause if at the end of the day, if a healthy Trey and a Dallin Hayden who had a, a whole season behind him, and that was the difference of us winning the Michigan game, then, you know, that's kind of like, uh, well, I mean, that's that, still the thing is he's still not got even a fair shake against Michigan in two yeah. years when he's ran good every time he's touched the ball. Like, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, who knows what he could have been on one of those series that, you know, Trey was in or I mean, I, I you know, Trey and Chip ran all over him that first drive of the second half when they got the ball. But like, who knows what? Dallin could have extended as far as the first couple punts of the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I nope. don't know. I don't, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I'm really interested in this. I think more than anything, obviously I'm interested a lot in seeing what Devin looks like, but I know that that's going to be a, a probably a wild race come here in a couple of weeks, you yeah. know, as we get into spring, because, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how good Devin even looks in this game that, you know, that Ryan day just doesn't decide that, you know what I'm going to, that he's going in with the mindset that it's maybe Aaron Nolan's team, you know, for next year. I would not be surprised, man. If those South Florida express kids, if they're all pushing for Aaron Nolan, I mean, I think he liked, I mean, he was very, his remarks on Aaron Nolan on signing day were very positive. Yeah. So get a little glow like, about him while talking. Yeah. So like, yeah, Devin Brown could come out here and have an unbelievable game and Aaron Nolan could still be the, the guy or even clean holds. I mean, it could be very interesting how that goes forward, you know, come springtime. Um, all right. Receiving core. Obviously I think we're all assuming basically what we're hearing right now that Harrison is out, that he's not going to play. I don't think he's announced it yet, but he's not practicing. So, mm-hmm. or he's, you know, been just out there and just as, uh, and no pads and anything like that and not really practicing. So, I mean, it's safe to assume that he's opting out of the game. I would think maybe, yeah. maybe they let him, if he says, Hey coach, I want to play a series. Can I go play the opening series? Like maybe they let him go out there. I just think, you know, I think probably, and you know, Ohio state fans will remember this very well. You know, the whole, everything gets looked at different than these type of games now that don't matter that the, they're not playoffs because of the whole Jalen Smith injury back in 2015. And, you know, he lost a boatload of money. 
because he got hurt and tore really hurt his NFL career because it was a very devastating injury. And, you know, I would have to imagine that has to be in every guy's head's been going forward and it has to be no different than Marvin Harrison's head because I don't see how he is not the first receiver off the board come NFL draft. And, uh, and you know, I mean, I, I, I just personally, I wouldn't risk it. And, you know, it's nothing, you know, I love when these kids show heart and they want to play in these games and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you go to, you go to schools like Ohio state because your eye is to go to the next level. And at this point, when you're not playing for a national title or a chance to go to a national title, there's no point in, uh, there's no point in risking your future over that. And now, you know, I'm sure some old school Buckeye fans. Oh, they're going to, they're going to like, have their shit to say about him. Part of my friends, don't like, but. don't like here and stuff like that. But <clears throat> I mean, it is reality. If those guys had kids in that same position, it, it, that would also be in the back of their head. Be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think you should be ruining your, uh, your future, you know, to, uh, you know, possibly playing a bowl game that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean, don't so. don't even risk that. No, I'm sure Marv would play. I mean, I'm interested though because, like, the way Cade Stover sounded during his press conference, that you know he'd get a couple of the snaps, probably not all of them though. I mean, it sounded like Jelani Thurman would get some more run in this game, which he's another one I'm very excited to see. You know, if Keen Holtz can get some snaps, fine, but if it's all Devin's game. That's cool too. I would love to see a lot of Ennis in this game. Yeah, Car- Carnell Tate, you, you know, these, I, I want to see these. Like, if they come out and they lose this game, but you know, like Devin Brown looks good and Tate and Ennis and Thurman look good, and you know, it's a different type of game, and you know, Hayden's looking good, and then like it, it kind of gives you at least okay, you know, maybe you know this can could do something next year and like this could be you know it's ohio state you're always expecting them to be a threat and stuff like that but like if you see some of the young guys and they uh and they even in a loss against missouri if they look really really good and it's like okay we're looking forward to next year and we have a very favorable schedule next year and you know so it's like you know but it kind of if if they end up losing and you don't see any of these young guys, then it's like, you don't know what they could do or not do. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. I saw a Buka and yeah, he might come back and you know, but he might not come back. Right. Who knows? And Cade, like, Cade know. Stover played a whole game. He looked fine, but yeah, like, like this didn't mean anything. I would have loved to see Jelani Thurman catch a touchdown. Yeah. And like, and I, I think that was the one thing that was you, you watched the Rose bowl a couple of years ago that really made that Rose bowl fun that it was even more than, you know, what, you know, JSN looked like is like Marv, Marv balled out in that game. And like, three touchdowns. Uh, yeah. Like, and you know, and they looked really good as a team and like, okay, every one of these receivers are coming back next year. And that's cool. And, you know, and Stroud's looking good and he's, he's going to have another year under a whole year under his belt now. And, you know, so it's just stuff that, you know, so I, yeah. And a game that doesn't mean anything. I want to see these young receivers because, you know, that gives you something to, you know, look forward to for next year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, 
I don't, I mean, as far as the team goes, just like, that's one thing I do want to see young guys play. I'm interested to see if, I, I doubt they will, because I'm sure that they just want to finish the season with who they are and then regroup next year. But I'm interested to see if any sort of like philosophies on how they um, deploy certain personnel are going to be different if they're going to be any more aggressive with certain defensive players, if certain defenders get on the field that hadn't seen the field much this year. I mean, just things like that, like maybe be a little bit more blitz heavy. I don't know. Like see if there's just uh, maybe see if there's something that they want to tweak going into this game that they want to shift as an altogether philosophy, maybe. And that's maybe using Devin as, you know, helping spark the running game or, whatever it may be. I mean, I, I would just like to see something that kind of shows that, you know, we're, we're getting guys reps that maybe didn't get them before. We're getting that practice in that everyone needs, but also we are trying to build, uh, you know, be successful and moving forward. And who knows, who knows what it all looks like next year. I mean, 12 team playoff changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I understand there is a fine balance to play because, at one part, you're a coaching staff and you want to honor the guys that gave you their heart and soul yeah, throughout all their... these years. Mm-hmm. You want to honor them, give them their opportunities and stuff like that. But you also want to be like, you know, what can Carnell Tate do mm-hmm. with more uh, being out there more and Brandon Ennis and, you know, Jelani Thurman and what could CJ Hicks, you know, maybe let's play him a significant portion in this game. If, if, uh, if, uh, Tommy's out hurt, you know, so maybe the three man linebacker rotation is Simon Steele and CJ instead of just, you know, Simon and Steele. Could you imagine and, like, if CJ Hicks gets like a turnover or sack in this game? <laughs> be a lot of more hot takes there, but, uh, so. no, and that might be where, and that would probably be somewhere where I pipe in on some of those hot takes and like, yeah, because that is some of the stuff that has frustrated me that like we can't find rotation. Like, like I get it that we want to be a little bit more limited on the, the back seven rotations than you are on the, like the defensive line rotation, but there's nowhere we could have played this guy. Over. <laughs> or like JT sits and like Kane and Curry or Kenyatta Jackson just blows up as like, two sacks yeah yeah it's gonna be some stuff uh i mean not uh, i i have no issue i i understand people say jt like he only had three good games in his career but he was a very solid player his entire career you just yes did he only he blew up for the penn state games and he had a great end to notre dame but he did a lot more than that that was just like what stood out the thing about JT and this is nothing against him. It's just, he's a very, he's a very multiple type guy that can do a lot of different things. And he's not necessarily Nick Bosa or chase young. And I think if they would have had, and I'm not saying that Kenyatta Jackson is Nick Bosa or chase young, but he brings a different skill set to JT that if you put that on the other side of JT, that, you know, that is somebody who can actually go get the quarterback and, you know, and maybe JT, who's just very good in a lot of different things, you know, maybe a, a stupid quarterback that's getting ready to get crushed by Kenyatta Jackson. 
just throws a stupid screen pass that right. GT ends up taking to the house because he's there and he sees it and he's waiting for it. And like, you know, so mm-hmm. like I just so yeah, I want to see all these different guys just playing in this game. Like again, in a game like this, if I'm gonna sit down and watch this game tomorrow and it's not a game that, you know, it means nothing. The season is over, over at yeah. the end of the day. Win or lose for Ohio State, they don't get to go win a national title. So I want to have optimism going into next season. Yes, I want to honor some of the guys that have been on the team over the last couple of years. And I think there's a lot of great opportunities in the first half for them to play. But as the game goes on, I want to see more of these other kids start getting shots yes. in this game and let's see what they can do. You know, and it, and I don't care if it's seven seven going into <clears throat> halftime. That doesn't like we don't have to coach this game like this is a game that we're going. We can actually coach this game like yeah, I want to win it, but hey, it's kind of like an NFL preseason. Well, you know, my guys did really well, but you know, let's let's see what Tate can do. Let's see what Ennis can do, and let's see what some of these other guys can do. And you know, that's how I want to see this game get played. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. I just. <clears throat> hope for a win of course but i just i want to have fun with it and just see things that to be excited for for next year yeah all right so we're gonna we're gonna do something a little differently <clears throat> we're gonna go through the new year we're gonna, we're gonna do the new year six our predictions against the spread and then we will pick obviously we don't have a national championship game um but we will pick who we each think is going to win the national title, but we're going to go in order with the games. We just spent all this time talking about Ohio state. We're not going to, we won't do the Ohio state score at the end of the show after we do the national title pick. So let's just go in order. So, you know, Ohio state, Missouri, we'll start with uh, what's the spread in this game. Ohio state's Uh, back up to being the favorite. They are three and a half point favorites in this. Um, Jeez. I don't like, I just don't know what it looks like, man. I don't know. I'm going to say something. Give me 31 to 20 Ohio state. I mean, I really don't know. Like I don't have a good feel for this. Cause you still don't know if there's opt outs or not, but, um, Oh wow. I'm seeing on ESPN says tickets as low as $53 for this game. <laughs> huh. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't got a good feel for it though. I don't know. So I don't know how Ohio State is getting 31, but maybe Devin Brown's the spark that the offense needed all year because he holds the ball <laughs> who knows maybe that's just what maybe Ryan day needs that extra element for his offense really to get going. I'm not sure, but give me 31 to 20 Ohio state covers. Okay. Hold on. This. Um, all right. So yeah, three and a half. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go with a little higher scoring. Cause I think these games are tend to be a little bit more higher scoring. Normally I'm going to say 38, 31 Ohio state. Uh, so I, I Buckeyes cover they win. Um, but you know, like I said, it's usually in these games that, you know, you can kind of throw defense out the window a lot of times in these playoff games, bowl games, because it's just, you know, ends up becoming a score fastest. Uh, and I, I think it'll probably be a lot very similar to that, even with them having both decent defenses, but it is what it is. Um, but no, I think Ohio state um, wins and wins by a touchdown. They're, you know, 38, 31. Okay. Um, all right. Penn state, they are a four and a half favorite, four and a half 
point favorite against Ole Miss in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, so what do you think? I don't see where Penn State scores enough that they're going to win any game by four and a half points against someone equally matched up to them. I mean, I, I think Ole Miss is a pretty good team, pretty good team. So um, give me Ole Miss winning the no. Give me Ole Miss winning this outright. Um, I'm going to say 24-21, and that even sounds like a crazy number for Penn State to score to me, but that's where I'm going. I really like Penn State's defense. Again, I'm again in one of these things where I just don't think defense matters as much in these types of games. Um, but I just, I have not seen enough from Penn State's offense all year to think that uh, I think Ole Miss is just a, better offensive team and they have a good enough defense that I just don't see where Penn state's able to really move the ball on them that well. I, I like your 24. I'm going to go with that too, but I'm going to, I think it's going to be like 24, 14 Ole Miss, um, you know, so, you know, maybe Penn state can get the running game going. They really have not been able to get that going all year in any consistent mm-hmm. fashion. To, uh, and I think if they maybe could get the running game going, then maybe, you know, that, you know, helps Aller out a little bit. Um, but I know your such is not there. I don't know what the whole game plan offensively is going to be. The you know let Aller throw the ball down the field some. I mean, yeah, uh, you have to. Him. I think that uh, let him see what he can get a big arm wise and challenging teams. Um, Seems like that's where you know. Fleming's going. Not that it's related to this or not, but that might be interesting for him next year. Yeah. All right. Uh, on Saturday, or yes, also on Saturday, um, will be the Orange Bowl. So we got number six, Georgia, number five, Florida State. Georgia is a 20 point favorite. That's a uh, shame. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy around this game because of just everything with, uh, you know, Florida State's, you know, quarterback, did they deserve to be in the game or not? I think they absolutely did deserve to be in the playoff, but, you know, I also kind of understand where the, the committee came from that, you know, that, you know, Cardell Jones played Ohio State into the playoff in 2014 because they kicked Wisconsin's ass. I mean, there's no other simple way to do it. And maybe if they would have blown the hell out of Louisville, you know, beat him by 40 or whatever. 30. Yeah, but didn't like, they have maybe, to take the ball out of Brock Lund's hands t- to even hold on to that game? Like, weren't they doing wildcat stuff for a yeah, lot of the second so, half? Like, there's just a lot of differences in that game. Um, now, I don't think Florida State's going to lose this game by 20. I do think that they're going to be motivated. They got a lot of and, opt-outs, man. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um. <sighs> I know Georgia has a decent amount of transfers though. So like, you know, I mean, it might balance it out a little bit. I do think Georgia is going to win this game comfortably. I just don't know if it's going to be by a full 20. I do think there's probably enough pride in Florida state that they have a good enough roster that this could be a competitive game, but like, I'm thinking it's probably going to be like a, a 42, 28 point win for, you know, Georgia 48, you know, 42, 24, maybe somewhere in there. So maybe close to 20, but I think that still think that it's Georgia will comfortably win. I just don't know if they'll win by that much. I, I think they're going to cover it. I, I got to win like 31 to seven. 
we'll see. I mean, it's I just there's there's so many opt outs. I mean, Keon Coleman's not playing. I don't I don't know who the quarterbacks are going to get it to. I don't know if the running backs playing. I know their best defensive end. What was his verse? He's sitting out like I just don't know. It can get ugly quickly in that game. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion, in the bowl game that nobody gives a crap about uh, out of these games, uh, because <sighs> and nothing against Liberty, but Liberty, Oregon. Um, so Oregon is a 17 point favorite. I absolutely know nothing about Liberty to say that this is going to be a good game, a bad game or anything, but I don't know what I'm going to say. The score was going to be, you know, 45 to 14, but I do think Oregon's probably going to cover. Like I just like Liberty is going to have to prove it to me that, you know, they have the horses to be able to, you know, stop this team. Um, Maybe several years ago when Oregon was still more of a finesse school that maybe I've been like, okay, if they get it, if they can get into, if Liberty's got some power in the trenches and can play the game close, they might be able to push Oregon around anymore. That te- that has not been the case for Oregon for several years now uh, since crystal ball was there and Dan Lanning's just kind of taken that to the next level. So like, I just think that, they're going to overmatch this team. I don't see how this team probably has the the horses, the the depth to compete in a game like this. Now, it doesn't mean that they might not. I think they'll be emotionally ready for the game. It could be a very close game early, but I think eventually that, you know, Oregon's just going to be the better school and, uh, you know, kind of eventually put them out of their misery. Yeah, I I'm with you. I think I don't. I don't know if I got a cover, but like a forty-two twenty-eight, I could see like a f- two-score win. Okay. All right. Playoff so time. Play, playoff time. So first game up is the Rose Bowl, Michigan, Alabama. Michigan is a two-point favorite. I hope Alabama uses that completely to their <laughs> advantage. That Nick Saban, like, if at the end of the day it means Michigan loses. And I have to hear from all these Alabama players that everybody counted them out, that they, they were so disrespected <laughs> when they're raising the national championship trophy. I will live with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, but, uh, so, you know, I'll let you go first on this one, but uh, so yeah, Michigan two point favorite. This is an interesting game. I mean, Alabama, kind of got back to its roots this year, but still have had some glaring weaknesses. I mean, lines defensive, probably better than offensive, but their lines haven't been amazing. They do give up some running yards, but they are top 20 defense. I mean, they are really good. You can't throw on them. Like Michigan's going to have the same problems they did against Ohio state. They're not going to be all throwing them. They're going to have to just hope to God. Loveland gets open in the middle and that's how they move the ball or they move the ball again on short passes. My concerns offensively for Michigan is I don't think they're going to be able to run all over these guys. I mean, they didn't run all over Ohio state, but I I don't think they can do like eight minute drives in the second half. I just don't see it happening. I could be wrong. I mean, when someone gets worn down, they get worn down. It just is what it is, but I, I don't see the bully getting bullied. You know, I don't, 
I don't see Jim Harbaugh beating Nick Saban at a game. Nick Saban's a better coach at than Jim Harbaugh. So I I have my concerns with there that they're not going to be able to win this game field position, dink and dunk without explosives. And I don't think they can get explosives against Alabama. I truly no, I don't. don't. On the flip side of the ball, um, I think Milrow's going to struggle mightily in this game. I really do. I think Minter is going to confuse him. He has a very complex, very good secondary. And Milrow, for for as good as what he is, he is a deep ball thrower, right? He's not, he's not great at intermediate passing, dissecting intermediate throws. So I don't I don't see him being able to hit much over the top either. Now, if he can hit intermediate stuff, then this is going to be a bad game for Michigan. But I do think Michigan could stalemate Alabama a lot on the other on that side of the ball. My concern is, though, when you confuse Jalen Milrow and you make him run, you need a spy fast enough to get to him. I don't think Michigan's linebackers possess that athleticism. I think not only, I think he's yeah. going to kill them running the ball in this game. Not and it's not going to be anything. Well, I say kill, meaning like he's going to get wins in there. I don't think it's going to be like he runs for you know two hundred yards and they win by three scores or anything like that. I have it a very close game. I think Alabama does win, but I have it something like twenty three to twenty one. They're going to win by two points. Now I think though, if it gets lopsided one way or the other, as I've said before. I think it would go against Michigan and that's bit me in the ass before. And I think Alabama can blow them out, but I think this Michigan team is more fundamental than the last two versions of it. So I think they could stay in the game. Yeah. But I don't know if they get 21 against Alabama. It's going to be interesting. I actually, going off of Milrose. So yeah, I actually, I do agree with you with mentor how he's going to, he's going to really challenge uh, Milrose's ability to throw it deep. My problem with that, and it's kind of going off what you say, is we have not seen Michigan this year at all be, what they would look like against a running quarterback. So I can't say, like, in years past, I've seen them play running quarterbacks, and it might be a less of a team, but I've been like, yeah, Indiana with Penix, they killed them. So, like, yeah. you know, Penix hurt them. So when they get into a better, against a better team that is running quarterback, they're screwed. So I can't come into this game and say that my only thing is that going off what you said is I don't, yeah, I don't know if Michigan's second, if they're middle of their defense safeties and if they're fast enough or strong enough to really take on Milrow, like Milrow is a freaking, I mean, that guy's a horse. It's literally Cardell running down the field, but running like Cardell is like Cardell Lamar Jackson had a baby. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, a. I mean, it's just, that's just a freak. Like when it comes to stuff like that. And like, so I don't know how easily that's going to be the deal with it all. And that's going to put Michigan in a lot of, a lot of interesting situation. I, I don't know. Even if he keeps his eyes downfield, just extending plays. I mean, you know, their secondary, I mean, two or little Tua had some success against them. I'm not going to say he had a ton or anything like that, but Maryland played him tough at part, parts of that game. And I just don't know. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean Milrow needs to be taken off every single time. If he just breaks the pocket and keeps his eyes downfield. I mean, the guy has the arm 
to make any downfield throw. If you lose sight of the receiver you're on, you know, if he buys time for those scramble drills, I don't know. Yeah. I I think, I definitely think Milrow is going to be an issue for Michigan um, with running the ball. And then that could really kill them in the passing game too. Defensively. I agree with everything you threw out there. I think that I think Alabama is going to Michigan could not move the ball through the air against Ohio state. They got some lucky throws. I think the difference in this game is I don't see, I don't see Nick Saban being outsmarted. If he sees that his defense is starting to get a little pushed around, I think he's going to, he's going to change it up a little bit to stop that. And I don't know if Michigan can go to the next level and the difference between Nick Saban with that defense and let's say Jim Knowles is I also don't think Nick Saban is going to just let, uh, you know, McCarthy sit back there. And I think he's going to come at him in different spots in this game. And I I think it's obvious about McCarthy. You should blitz him, (laughs) flow him to one way and have a spy come down and sack his ass. And I think Dallas Turner is going to be harassing him all game long. Yeah. And I, so I think that is going to be a challenge and Iowa's defense was getting pressure on him. They got like four sacks on him. You know, Penn State's defense was getting pressure on them. You know, our defense, uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, so try to uh, try to get some pressure on him. My goodness. Um, but I think Alabama is going to, and if he can't get some passes down the field, I don't see how they're going to be able to hold up against Milrow in the long run. Yeah. That they could really keep this a game. I do think it's, I don't think Alabama is going to necessarily, I don't think this is going to be like, the Georgia game or even the high score. This is not going to be a high scoring game. Like what the TCU game was last year. You know, I think no. that I think Alabama is going to beat them. And I think they're going to beat them comfortably, but I think it's going to be like 24, 13. Okay. Um, I think a touchdown and two field goals. Michigan's got a good kicker, but I just, I don't see how they're going to be able to have long stretches of the game and really overmatch. Like, even if they try to go into the Michigan of the last couple of years and they want to try to play bully ball, that's what I'm saying. I just don't see like, I don't see where they're going to be able to do a bunch of eight minute, 10 minute drives. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I just don't see it. And uh, I think they only hurt themselves in that. I mean, I just, I don't see if, if they feel the need that it has to get like the Penn state game. I mean, but I don't think Alabama is going to give them like that type of comfort that they can go like, Hey, these guys can't score on us, so we can just go to eight offensive linemen sets and run, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So we both have Bama there. So we're still still haters on JJ McCarthy. That hasn't changed. I need to actually see something from that guy for me to believe in him. All right. So we got Washington, Texas. Texas is a four point favorite in the Sugar Bowl. Um, so what are you thinking on that one? Uh, I mean, Texas does have, you know. A def- well, this is a- Washington won the Joe Moore award. Like Washington has a good offensive line. Texas has a really big, good defensive line. Um, you know, Texas running backs her. I think the new one's good though. Quinn against Penix. <coughs> I don't know, man. Washington hasn't lost. I've, I've liked what I've seen from them. <sighs> Texas has been spotty at times, but you know what? Give me, let them let the 
friggin' miracle keep going. I know Washington's been, you know, stuck a little bit at different times like this year that they looked bad, but ah, give me 28 to 24 Washington in this game. The thing I really it, it might be know. higher score than that. Let me 35 31. Let me adjust say, the touchdown. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going higher than Let that. Let me but. adjust the touchdown in there. Um, one thing I really liked about wa- Washington is the year, and I know, yeah, they had some stretches where you know they were you know different spotty and stuff like that, but they they easily moved very well against the teams that they were supposed to, or the the games that they were going to have tough games, the Oregon's and stuff like that. Very impressive. Um, they end up running the ball very well as the season went on. And, you know, they end up playing much better defense than a lot of people thought as the season went yeah. on. And that was kind of the knocks early in the season. Well, can this team run the ball with any consistency? Can this team play defense? And I think they kind of answered that in spots this year. I think Texas is good and Texas is going to challenge them and stuff like that. But I, I really do think Washington you know, I think a lot of people are really counting them out and then they have a really explosive, you know, team. And I think Washington's going to win this game. And I, I think it's going to be like, I'm thinking like 42, 38. So I think yeah. it's going to be close, but you know, I think both offenses have the ability to move the ball and stuff. And that's going to be a very high scoring game, but I do like Washington to win this one. All right. So we- I don't Bama Washington. Both of us. Forty-two twenty Alabama. <laughs> no, I'm not. I I think it would probably be closer than that. I'm just because it's the last of the final or the last of the four team playoffs. Um, I, I just what Washington does. Alabama is so good at taking away, but. We did see parts of the LSU game that, you know, LSU did throw the ball a little bit on Alabama. Um, I still think, though, they have such a good secondary. So, yeah, I, um, give me something like 30, 31, 28 Alabama. Saban retires. I've been going back and forth with this one. And I'm not necessarily thinking that either way that this might be his last game. Um, I think the one team that really challenged could challenge Alabama down the field ended up beating them this year. And Penix has a big arm and he's got receivers that can catch the ball and not Alabama. The only team that they've really played in my opinion, that's close enough to that is Texas. Yeah. And, and I actually think Washington's probably a little bit better. And I think, yeah, I agree that their secondary is really good. And this is definitely the best secondary Washington's going to play all year. Um, but I think this is going to be something that they can really challenge them down the field. And Washington's offensive line is pretty good. I mean, you, you, they won the award, as you just said. I think that they've done well. And it just it's kind of like felt like that it's the last year of the pack 12, you know, it kind of feels like that one of these teams were going to be the kind of the team of destiny with it. And, you know, I'm going to kind of go with it. And I think Washington's going to win the national title. And I think it's going to probably be 
I'm going to say 38-35. Okay. I, so I think it'll be a close mm. game, but I think that, you know, I've really been impressed with Michael Penix this year, and I don't care what people say about stats and all that thing. I think he got robbed in the Heisman. I think if uh, if if Michael Penix Jr. was playing at Ohio State this year and went 13-0, and that kid won the Heisman this year. I don't yeah. care what Jay Daniels did or like Michigan. It doesn't matter if he would have played in one of the premier East coast teams, Notre Dame, whatever. Like the only team out there that gets buzzed for whatever reason is USC. Like we get it. Like, obviously he would have won. He would have won it at USC. Like, I just think that it's just any of those other schools they just get ignored because nobody watches them. And like, you know, that I think that, he deserved to win the Heisman. And I think that's, I think he's going to win the national title. So like, and that's what I'm going to go with. I, I really do think that going to have himself a Vince young moment, huh? Yep. I think so. Um, so yep. I'm going with Washington to win the national title. All right. So recap, we both have Buckeyes as winners and split on Michigan as losers, Michigan yeah. as losers. And I got Bama as the national champs. Mike has Washington. Playing each other, of course. So, yep. all right. You ready to get out? Yep. Let's call it a night. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. OH. IO. Go Buckeyes. Happy New Year. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs>